Hey everyone, welcome to The Boot. That's right, it's The Boot. We are recasting classic reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to. This week, Kenna and I are taking the pod to a time long ago in a galaxy far, far away as we discuss 2016's Rogue One, a Star Wars story, a modern classic starring Felicity Jones, Diego Luna, Ben Mendelsohn, Mads Mikkelsen, and Alan Tudyk. I think we should set a rule right now. We're not allowed to call it Rogue One. We have to call it Rogue One, a Star Wars story. The whole episode. Uh, I will uh, challenge accepted, I guess. <laughs> I mean, they did that. Yes. I just want to call it by its Christian name. And then Solo was just Solo. Was It wasn't Solo... A Star Wars story? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. I don't think so. Solo, a Solo story. <laughs> it is Solo, a Star Wars story. Yep. Let's call it what it is. Huh. We're up against the clock here, girl, so if there's nothing to talk about, we'll just put you back where we found you. You're all rebels, aren't you? Yes, but Sorgerera is an extremist. He's been fighting on his own since he broke with the rebellion. His militancy has caused the Alliance a great many problems. We have no choice now but to try and mend that broken trust. What does this have to do with my father? There's an Imperial defector in Jeddah, a pilot. He's been held by Sorgerera. He's claiming the Emperor is creating a weapon with the power to destroy entire planets. I'm an unabashed Star Wars fanatic. I know that your taste in Star Wars differ okay. than mine. Okay, let's – okay, here's the thing. So f- several times now, which I'm not going to apologize for because musical is a genre of film that we should be visiting. But every time we do a musical, Brian flips out. Um, I'm going to talk about you like you're not here. And I feel like we finally reached a point where you're getting back at me. Kind because of, Because yeah. I, I like Star Wars. Yeah. But if you compared my like for Star Wars to the way other people like it, it probably looks like I hate Star Wars. What's your favorite Star Wars film? <laughs> Come on. Admit it. Tell the people. Tell the people. <laughs> okay. I'll Just say it. <laughs> I really like episode one. <laughs> I do. <sighs> I do. Now that's pod racing. Okay. Pod racing is cool. Darth Maul is cool. This Darth Maul is fucking cool. Liam Neeson is cool. Look, I'm not here to rag on episodes one, two, and three. Anytime you want me to do that, I will. Okay. What we're doing here is we're trying. Yeah, I kind of, we were kind of thinking like, well, should we do a Star Wars movie? But which Star Wars? I mean, they're they're currently making like a bazillion of them plus all mm-hmm. these shows so it's really a property that we never really get to touch yeah and then we came up with this idea that we're going to do rogue one but we're going to reverse cat reverse we're going to send it back in time mm-hmm. and recast it as if the movie was to be made in the height of star wars the original trilogy so star wars a new hope came out in 1977 empire strike back came 3 years later 1980 3 years later return of the jedi so we're saying 3 years after that 1986 what if Rogue One came out? So it's a little bit different, but it kind of does box you in a bit, and I'm excited. Yeah. But uh, before we get into too much kind of nerd stuff from me, yeah, uh, let's talk about this. Uh, this one, this one news article. <laughs> We're short on the news. We're this short week, on the guys. news. That never happens. But it was either talking about this or something called the banana splits, <laughs> and I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't either. Very quickly, Chris Hemsworth has been set to play Hulk Hogan in a movie in the works at Netflix with Todd Phillips directing. John Polano will write the script with Scott Silver, the latter of whom teamed up to write Warner Brothers' upcoming Joker movie, which is also a Todd Phillips I was going to say, they're all together. 
Yeah. Um, so Chris Hemsworth is going to don the mullet and the bandana and the crazy mustache and oh, brother. This is exciting. Yeah. This is exciting. I think, first of all, Hulk Hogan definitely deserves a movie about his rise to fame. His reality show was one of the great joys of mine and my brother's short lives. Hogan knows best. What if I should put underwear on now or later? How would you want to go without underwear? Well, I always don't wear underwear, but if I rip my pants or something. You should probably put underwear on. All right. That would be my advice to you. That's what the oh show is called. Oh my god. That's what the show is called. I kind of barely remember Yeah, it was like pre his son getting in trouble for like drunk driving uh-huh. and in the middle of his daughter having a pop singing career. It was so good. Um, but I'm excited about this. Chris Hemsworth is a funny guy. He is a good actor. I feel like they've kind of found the perfect guy to relay the journey we're going to go on. Hulk Hogan was my favorite wrestler growing up. By far, by far, by far. Yeah. But the only thing I really know about his life came from that Andre the Giant documentary on HBO, which was so good. Which means that, like, someone has to play Andre the Giant in this movie. Yeah. And I'm kind of thinking, like, who would you cast as Andre the freaking Giant? I mean, he was, like, one of a kind. I don't know. Who plays the mountain on Game of Thrones? That's who I was thinking, just because he's big. Oh my gosh, get out of my brain! Yeah, uh, what else are we going to talk about? I don't know, that's kind of it. I guess we're just. You exci- should just play his. What's his like walkout music? Is it I? I am a real American. How do you feel about Todd Phillips though? And the Joker crew kind of coming in and this um, being their next thing. I mean, it does sort of lead you to believe that. Because it's a, it's a Netflix movie. I don't know. It sort of leads you to believe that it's going to play second fiddle to what they're doing right now. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with the Joker. If it's good, they might be on a roll. But I have mixed feelings about that. So. Do you think Todd Phillips is trying to do like an Adam McKay and slowly inch his way to premiere drama? To Oscar bait? <sighs> yeah. I mean, this isn't the vehicle, but right. Um, like if Joker pans out and then this, it's kind of like bing, 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 choose whatever you want to do. Here's the thing. I think Adam McKay sort of created his own brand of of Oscar bait, which is cool because, I mean, The Big Short was incredible. I think Vice didn't quite live up to that expectation, but was a really, really great movie. Um, I don't know. Maybe if he finds his niche and somehow makes us feel for these people we think we know, it could be his thing. Uh, All right. Anything else? Anything else? (laughs) No, going Anything once. Else? Going once. So do you want to talk about the banana band or whatever it was called? <laughs> Maybe we'll just play the little like theme song. It's like if the Chuck E. Cheese band came to life and had its own variety show. And then they rebooted it as like a murder thriller. Which is interesting because isn't that what Five Nights at Freddy's? Isn't that the premise of that thing, whatever it is? Is it a game? I have no idea. It's about like a like a Chuck E. Cheese type character in like Oh. I think. I don't know. Guys, I don't know. Your parents probably remember <laughs> the banana splits. <laughs> it's terrifying. They drive around in a little car. I watched the opening credits and I haven't slept. For a week. Okay, <laughs> let's cast this movie. Okay, guys. Let's get into a reboot of Rogue One. If the Empire has this kind of power, what chance do we have? What chance do we have? 
The question is what choice? Run, hide, plead for mercy, scatter your forces. You give way to an enemy this evil with this much power and you condemn the galaxy to an eternity of submission. The time to fight is now. Yes. Every moment you waste is another step closer to the ashes of Jeddah. You're asking us to invade an Imperial installation based on nothing but hope. Rebellions are built on hope. Rogue One, a Star Wars story, directed by Gareth Edwards, director of the 2014 Godzilla movie, mm-hmm. and then a, a couple of other... In- monster. Monster. like Godzilla, but you never saw the monsters. Yes. Stars Felicity Jones as Jin Erso, Diego Luna as Cassian Andor, Ben Mendelsohn as director Orson Krennic, Mads Mikkelsen as Galen Erso, and Alan Tudyk as the... Snarky Empire Droid. Wisecracking Droid. K2SO. Now, um, we explained at the top that this is this is another time travel recast that uh, we did last year for American Psycho. Mm-hmm. And I think we kind of landed in the same era of yeah. filmmaking. Mid-80s. Mid to late 80s. Uh, how did you find recasting this movie? How did you find Was it easy for you? How did I find how it? How did you find it? I actually thought it was pretty easy. <laughs> but I don't have, well fuck you <laughs> but I don't have any sort of like um, like I, I really like this movie I think it's the most beautiful and interesting Star Wars movie yeah because it has nothing to do with anything that I don't know people feel so like murderously strong <laughs> about but um, yeah so I just I don't have the feelings towards it where I'm like I, I can't mess it up or it has to be a certain level I was just like I'm gonna cast people who I think would be really interesting and yeah, as soon as I knew they were the right age and level of famousness for the time period. Eh. Yeah. Maybe this isn't payback for all the musicals you've done because I found it a little harder because I think <laughs> Star Wars movies, they ride a line of casting really, really acclaimed and established actors with a healthy mix of completely unknowns. Well, here's something I did think a lot about is how now I feel like we go for British actors in Star Wars movies. Yeah. It's all about the Brits. But like the original trilogy, American is all heck. C3 here, C3 here. Are there any other ways out of the cell bay? We've been cut off. This is not rescue. You came in here, did you have a plan for getting out? He's the brakes. And even in the prequel trilogies you're getting a lot of americans as well like samuel l jackson natalie portman like there's a healthy mix Mm -hmm. of people from both you know sides of the pond so to speak so um i don't think i actually picked a british actor it didn't feel right did it it didn't feel right for the original (laughs) trilogy for the era of the original. i did but um I I also recognized how American the and I was like yeah. I don't want to pick who because today I think we think um, British we think prestige <laughs> and I was yeah. like I don't want to fall into that trap where I'm like they just need to be hmm. okay uh, who wants to go first I think you should go first okay Jin Erso played by Felicity Jones I think this was a great character sort of uh, a departure from the typical star wars protagonist you know the the destined savior kind of archetype what mm-hmm. you get with like anakin skywalker played by jake lloyd and hayden christensen and luke skywalker played by mark hamill and ray played by daisy ridley ray no last name ray nobody which is i guess <laughs> what they call her in last jedi um but Jyn Erso is very much like someone who is swept up in sort of the history of the war. Her family is of consequence, but she is not really, yeah. you know? And so I kind of really liked 
how Felicity Jones portrays this character is like a, a really tough character. Like she's on her own and she's a survivor. And at first she like really doesn't want anything to do with this rebellion. And then she finds a place amongst these, this sort of band of people who mm-hmm. are trying to basically stop the devastation of the Death Star. They have no idea we're coming. They have no reason to expect us. If we can make it to the ground, we'll take the next chance. And the next. On and on until we win, or the chances are spent. I cannot believe we're talking about a Star Wars movie. It's kind of weird to me. <laughs> You're so excited. So I, I picked an actress. She was the first person I thought of immediately, and I <gasps> just never let go of okay. her. Okay. And she hadn't yet sort of risen to the megastar that she's become. Mm -hmm. And so I like the idea of like sort of plucking her just before superstardom, much Mm -hmm. like Harrison Ford or Daisy Ridley or whoever you want to sort of choose. Um, I end up going with Jodie Foster. Do you want to hear something? Yeah. I also picked Jodie Foster. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, great. What are the chances? Uh, I guess the chances are the same as a young farm boy joining the rebellion and hitting that torpedo right down the air vent shaft of the Death Star and saving the galaxy. I guess I guess that would be the same odds. Okay. Never <laughs> which, tell me the odds, he, Kenna. Which he knew how to do because Jin and Cassian and everyone we come to love give their lives. <laughs> I think it's incredible that this movie came from the first two paragraphs of the opening scrawl of A New Hope. Which, here's the thing. If this movie had come out in 1986, I feel like we would have been like, great, we're we're getting a prequel to this thing we, yeah. we knew and love. Yeah. And it would legitimately be like an immediate prequel. Yes. Like, not like, who was Darth Vader as a child? He was Jake Lloyd. <laughs> and that's pod racing. That's pod racing. <laughs> It's cool. There used to be this arcade game at this bowling alley we would go to that had like a pod racing game. And so you would like sit, sit in, in the this pod. big pod. Yeah. It's so cool. Um, all right. Cassian, played by Diego Luna. I didn't take that many notes from this movie, but about halfway down my list, it just says Diego Luna is such a babe. <laughs> Which is why they're like, we got to get this babe on a TV show for Disney Plus. Listen, we knew we knew he was a sex symbol post Dirty Dancing Havana Nights, the sequel to Dirty Dancing. But come on. It's always hard to make a scoundrel in a Star Wars movie and have them live in the shadow of Han Solo. You know what I mean? And he does it well. Like It's fascinating how well he does it because I think the interesting thing about Cassian and Jin is that they both can dish it as well as they take it. And so for them to meet... And for her to essentially be just as scruffy as he is, yeah. it's really interesting because you're not just having him be this sort of like overpowering Han Solo character. It's more that without them like falling in love and without them like softening each other, they just like get each other and become a team. Yeah. And I really appreciate that because it makes him his own it makes him his own person. We aren't necessarily calling him like the Han Solo of the movie. Right. Why does she get a blaster and I don't? What? I know how to use it. That's what I'm afraid of. Where'd you get it? I found it. I find that answer vague and unconvincing. Trust goes both ways. So who'd you pick? I picked Judd Nelson. Ooh, okay. Who was 27 at the time. So he's older than Jodie Foster, but not... Too much older. Too much older, um, but younger than Diego Luna. And honestly, I feel like I, I looked at a few different people. Some were a little bit older and who I liked, 
But there was just something about him that I was like, I think he is the, he's got the, he's got the hair, he's got the look, he's got the attitude. I think if you put it all together. Yeah. He's my like captain. (laughs) Oh boy. Oh, I I just. I, I kept thinking about the scene after they go, like, so Cassian is charged to assassinate Jin's dad, right? Yeah. And when all when everything goes foobar on them, mm-hmm. Jin confronts him in the in the ship, and Cassian reveals that like he, basically why he does what he does because he you know he's been in this war for so long and he's lost more people than Jin could ever ever really imagine, and so he's been fighting for something for so long and I I can sort of see Judd kind of have that oh god what's the word I'm looking for um. Not condescending, but the kind of attitude that, like, you don't ever – you don't get who I am. Like, sort of Mm -hmm. in that breakfast club zone where it's just like, you don't know who I am. You don't know any of my friends. Like, so I kind of like it. I'm down with it. He – as long as he doesn't have, like, the weird mullets that he tended to have later on in his career. No, no (laughs) mullets. I think it would be maybe more of the swoopier kind of, like, early 80s haircuts that Star Wars was known for. Um but yeah, I can I can get down with that. I took a real big swing for my Cassian. Um, I picked an actor who is one of the most famous actors ever. Oh, but at the time had yet to hit big. So it's another kind of I'm pulling him before he. I yeah. think like two years after this fictional movie would have come out, he does like one of his first big roles, and then two years later, it's just like oh, it's this guy's the guy. Mm-hmm. I ended up picking Denzel Washington. Interesting. And I and I know now that sounds kind of bananas because we all know like training day Denzel Washington. So I think Denzel would have been 32 at this time. So he would have been a little bit like much older than Jodie Foster, like eight years older than her. But I could just sort of see him play that kind of like war veteran who's just like has been in this for so long. And is just trying to find any way to win it so so he can have, like, some kind of peace. Suddenly the rebellion is real for you. Some of us live it. I've been in this fight since I was six years old. You're not the only one who lost everything. Some of us just decided to do something about it. I like this choice because I think what's interesting is thinking about how if Denzel Washington had been in a Star War, how it would have changed completely the trajectory of his career. But obviously he could handle this. Right. He'd be great. Yeah. So I think this was like in 88, he's in Glory and then 92, he's in Malcolm X. And then it's just like Denzel Washington is Denzel Washington. And the same thing with like. Jodie Foster, like she does The Accused like two years later and then she does Silence of the Lambs. Like they both kind of like within six years are just like the two of the biggest movie stars. So huge, 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 huge Um, star. Should we get to director Orson Krennic? Yes, let's do it. Played by Ben Mendelsohn, the villain of the aughts and early teens. He has really become the villain to end all villains. Yeah. What do we have? What is he villained in? Rogue One. Rogue One. Ready Player One. Ready Player One. Robin Hood, which I watched last night. Terrible. The, um... Taron Egerton and uh, Jamie Foxx one. yeah. The movie's so bad. It's not great. He plays a bad guy in... He's about to play another bad guy, right? Oh, Captain Marvel. Man, he is just killing it. I know. (laughs) The Place Beyond the Pines. Wait, who was he in The Dark Knight Rises? 
has he just been in every single movie and we don't know it? <laughs> See our new Barry Pepper. Vertical Limit! He's in Vertical Limit. He we is? have to do Vertical Limit. Okay, fine. Um, I'm going to tell you who I picked and then I'm going to explain why I kind of did it. Okay. So for Krennic, I picked Raul Julia. You know Raul Julia. He's Bison in Street Fighter. He's Gomer Adams. Here's the reason I picked him because Gomez. Gomez. Gomer. Gomer. <laughs> Gomez. Um, here's why I picked him. I think he's an incredible actor who we lost way too early. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is sort of Star Wars deep nerdiness. Okay. Here we go. Everyone who works on the Death Star and all the higher ups in the Empire are white men. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of like an, a nod to Nazism. Like that's how George Lucas saw it. Like the Empire is Nazism and the rebels right. are like good. They're like the allies. They represent like pure good, right? And so I picked Raul Julia specifically because of his lineage. Because when I saw Krennic, it was always someone who was like trying to get ahead. It was always like like the Death Star is his achievement and then Grand Moff Tarkin comes in and takes it away. And then he goes to see Vader and he's like, so am I still in charge? Will you tell the Emperor? Like, So I was like, I thought it would be interesting to hmm. have Raul Julia, like a minority, play this villain amongst all these like old white guys. Yeah. And kind of see him struggle to kind of be an equal to them, even though he never will. We stand here amidst my achievement, not yours! I'm afraid the recent security breaches have laid bare your inadequacies as a military director. The breaches have been filled. Jeddah has been silenced. Like, that's his big folly. That's a really smart way to look at it. I spend a lot of time thinking about this. (laughs) Because I think it is true the way Vader treats him. It's sort of like, validate me. I'm part of the team, remember? And Vader's like, nah, you're never exactly going to be. Yeah. But I'm going to use you. To get to the end that I desire. Yeah. It's like know your place. Yeah. Um, so that's really fascinating to look at it for more of like if you if you make him other, it becomes very obvious yeah. uh, what he is to the rest of the team. Yeah. Hmm. Also, their uniforms make a lot of sense now. Um, no, I like that. I like that choice. Thank you. I picked Sean Connery. Ooh. To be my critic. An old Lucasfilm alum. Yes. Uh, pre-Indiana Jones. I just, I was thinking about someone who at the time I think could deliver a really like hard line. Yeah. Maybe someone who we didn't necessarily have bad feelings for. So we can, we can lean them a little bit into the, I don't know. Do we like James Bond enough to say he can't be a villain? I think so. I mean, Um, he was a villain in Entrapment. Okay. That's one thing. Um, but yeah, this was this would have been kind of immediately post his last Bond movie. 86 was the same year Highlander came out. And then things really, really take off for him, I think, for him to become the iconic actor we see him yeah. as today. Yeah. Um, I think that's a cool choice. Jones is 1989. So, yeah, I, I like this choice. I would pay so much money to hear Sean Connery just say the words Lord Vader. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> Just imagine. Shall we move on to Galen Urso? Yeah, played let's by, do it. Played by Mads Mikkelsen. Mm-hmm. The, oh. the, the Oppenheimer of the galaxy. The man who, who built the galaxy's most devastating weapon. Yeah. Tough, tough, uh, tough life. I feel really bad for him. Yeah. <laughs> you should. He doesn't want to do this. He doesn't. And they kill his wife and try to kill his daughter. 
The work has stalled. I need you to come back. I won't do it, Critic. We were on the verge of greatness. We were this close to providing peace, security for the galaxy. You're confusing peace with terror. Well, we have to start somewhere. I'll say this. Black stormtroopers, really cool. Very cool. Did you know do you know the trivia behind this? No. <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. <laughs> tell me so they came up with this concept of like these death troopers and they would be like super lean and cool and sleek and they would be like the best of the best because stormtroopers are kind of clunky and weird uh-huh. and whatever and lucasfilm was like we've tried it like it's hard to make them look tall without looking big and so gareth edwards was like well what if we just cast like really skinny people <laughs> and they cast these like really skinny guys that yeah. but then when they put the armor on they looked they like normal size. they looked like the create <laughs> like the creepy wraith kind of like death trooper and i thought that was really funny that it's like let's just get a team of basketball players in here and yeah they look really cool i, I love know. a different style stormtrooper costume Thank God for these new movies. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Otherwise, we would have been stuck with old whiteies. <laughs> um, <laughs> is it my turn? <laughs> I think it is. Yeah, I think okay. it is. Um, okay, so for my Galen, I picked someone who I think is a phenomenal actor, who I can see as a, as a loving father, um, as someone who is going to play along with the game just so he can stay alive to maybe one day see his stardust again. (laughs) I picked Robert Redford, um, who would have been 50 at the time, and guys, looked phenomenal. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I can just, I can slot him into this and see it so perfectly in my mind. Yeah. I think he'd be great. Watching Sean Connery and Robert Redford face off on the farm in the beginning would be kind of... Kind of fucking cool. I love the line where where Krennic sees Lyra mm-hmm. and he's just like, oh, look, it's Lyra. Back from, back from the dead. <laughs> um, oh, and then he shoots her. Yeah. I think that's – I think Robert Redford, like you see Robert Redford on screen, like the call to action would be pretty significant. We call it the Death Star. There is no better name. And the day is coming soon when it will be unleashed. I've placed a weakness deep within the system. A flaw so small and powerful they will never find it. I ended up picking a real-life father of another famous actor. I ended up going with Donald Sutherland, who later oh. in his life has done a bunch of these like blockbuster movies, like That's Hunger Games. really and... interesting. I like that choice. Yeah, I felt like, I mean, I, th- I think he's a really great actor and he can bring a lot of gravitas. He would have been 52 at the time, mm-hmm. so he's sort of around the same age that Mads Mikkelsen is. I just sort of saw him as someone who, I guess this... I guess the same reason that you picked Robert Redford is like that call to, you know, stop the empire. It's, it's, it's like a very pivotal moment. But I thought that he, I think he has like a look for Star Wars. Is that weird to say? Like he's not, he's kind of a strange looking guy. Honestly, he sort of looks like what's his name? Who is in this movie? The guy who plays Barristan Selmy in Game of Thrones. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm, no. I'm looking him up so I can show you his face. Yeah. Okay. I'll give it to you. Um, Let's move on to arguably the best character in this movie. He's a, he's a funny guy. He's a funny guy. K2SO, played by Alan Tudyk, who hopefully, I'm assuming, will return for the for the Cassian Andor TV show. But we don't know yet. Yeah, he's the, he's the Chewy. 
He's a Chewy. He's a mix between Chewy and C-3PO, but much better yeah. than C-3PO. Yeah, a little less precocious. This one was a little hard because I, I actually tried to pull someone from the Jim Henson company mm. to kind of like mirror Frank Oz a little bit. Yeah. But none of the two things, none of the voices that I really liked for mm-hmm. this role. Um, and also, if I said their name, people would be like, we don't know. Like, unless I said Jim Henson, I think people would be like. I well, you could know. name like a character that might be familiar. Sure. Yeah. But I end up going with an actor who's one of my favorite actors of all time. Oh. And I think he would deliver what I, all the, the great comedy moments, the great sort of like pauses that K2 does. Mm-hmm. Like at the <laughs> One of my favorite lines is at the end where he's just like, they're about, the rebellion is going to sneak off despite the council's decision to stay. Mm -hmm. And they're going to fight and they're going to, you know, get in and get these plans. And K2's like, Jin, I'll be there for you. Cassian said I had to. The kind of just like dry wit. um, Yeah. I ended up picking Gene Wilder. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not mad about it. I think it's going to take me a second to process. Um, And I also have no idea how 1986 would have created K2SO because he's an entirely digital character. What if it was like a puppet? I think I would be fine with that. Like the Henson Company just dangles this like marionette around around the thing. Or what if it looked like, what was the big Muppet's name? Snuffleupagus? Big Bird. No, Big Bird is... A Muppet. Oh, Sesame Street is okay. made by the... I'm uneducated. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I have a master's degree. Just not in puppetry. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's Muppets, not puppets. Oh, my gosh. Jesus. Um, no, the the big brown guy. The big brown guy. I'm going to type in big brown Muppet and <laughs> hope that takes me somewhere good. Fozzie? No. No. Um, Sweetums. Sweetums? What if he what if he was just like a big giant suit? Oh, uh, I think he would have to be. I think he would have to be like this sort of weird animatronic suit, especially for that time. What if Beaker was a character in Star Wars? I love it. <laughs> um Okay, yeah, I definitely think that would be interesting. Okay. As a comedic voice, he's mm-hmm. very recognizable and very funny and very dry. Who'd you pick? Um, I went with, I'm actually very proud of this choice because I think it's perfect. I picked John Cleese. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A python. A python. Not a, not a literal snake, <laughs> but a British comedian who belonged to the Monty Python comedic troupe. Yes. I think he would nail this. I think he would nail it too. And I think he would revel in it. Yeah. He'd love it. Yeah. I think that's a great choice. Thanks. You're welcome. Can we talk about the characters we left out? Sure. Should we do Barry Pepper first and then talk about these characters? How do you want to do this? Uh, I don't really know. It doesn't matter. Let's do Barry Pepper. Okay. Guys, that was our recast of Rogue One colon A Star Wars Story. So it's now time to get to Where Does Barry Pepper Go? You cast Barry Pepper as is. A time traveling yeah. Barry Pepper. Yeah. I so, didn't go the extra mile like you did. If you say Grand Moff Tarkin, I will walk out. <laughs> No, no, no. I would that never. That role is already taken. I would never. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't watch a feature-length film starring all dead actors. <laughs> I want that. Yeah. Um, I cast Mary Pepper as General Merrick. Okay. Played by Ben Daniels. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. He's got that cool, like, pilot 
thing. I, however, okay. took yeah. the young Barry Pepper, who I think would have been 16 okay. at the time. Okay. <laughs> um, I made him Bodhi just because I figured that he that oh. would probably be the, you know, it'd be cool to have like a young, scrappy kind of pilot. A 17-year-old Barry Pepper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, Riz Ahmed. Um, yeah, you need to apologize to him. Speak. So speaking, speaking of, Bodhi of Bodhi and Chirouette and Baze. So I cast them because I think they, the rest of the Rogue One team deserves it. So for my Bodhi, I cast Bill Paxton. <laughs> okay. All right. And that's a good choice. That is a good choice. Um. Uh. How, how do you say this? Chirouette? Chirouette. Chirouette? Chirouette. Jackie Chan's the perfect age mm. at this point okay. Um. to play the wise Kraken wise butt-kicking force guy. Uh-huh. He would nail this, because Jackie Chan's yeah. a funny guy. Yeah. Where are you going? I'm gonna follow Jin. Her path is clear. Alone? Good luck. I don't need luck. I have you. Um, How old was Chow Yun-Fat? Because I was thinking about Chow Yun-Fat. Oh, actually, I don't know. Chow Yun-Fat hadn't made it at this point, though. No. And Jackie Chan was sort of at that, like, super famous... Yeah. Um, in China, yeah. like ma- about to cross over, and then I I love how in the uh, in the eighties we were obsessed with casting um like flamboyant singers and performers in movies, <laughs> and so for my bays I thought it would be funny if it was someone like Sting or like Prince, if they if Sting was- more than Prince. <laughs> Let's go with David Bowie, maybe. Yeah, Sting more than Prince. I liked I liked the idea of Sting. <clears throat> that's kind of funny. So that's what I did. Yeah. Because I care. Who would you cast as Princess Leia? <laughs> hmm. That's a really good question. Do you like the end of this movie, how it just sort of lines up like in a perfect sort of takeoff? Or... I do. I think it's very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> helpful? <laughs> because, I mean... It's not like people don't know what's about to happen, but I do think it's exciting to literally see the moments before we join A New yeah. Hope to be like truly like maybe like minutes before she actually gets the information. Yeah. They're dying. Yeah. All these characters we've come to know and love are dead. I think that was one of the best creative decisions that this new sort of Disney Lucasfilm story group has ever made is the idea that all of these people in Rogue One just die. Like, it really underlines how important these fucking plans are when you watch A New Hope. Because when you watch it without context, it's just kind of like a, it's just kind of whimsy, you know, which is still fine. And it's very convenient (laughs) that we start being like, we have the plans. How are we going to do it? Like, it's like, no, no, no. Stuff had to happen. Like, nobody got, like, handed this stuff. Yeah. I don't have any notes on this movie. I I really enjoy it. Did you – I mean, you seem to have lived in Um, this world a lot better than I did in any of the musicals. I did have a lot of questions. For instance, who cuts Jin's bangs? She does. I mean, they look great. Well, you know, there's a lot of questions about the Star Wars universe that I've always wondered. Like, do you know every costume in Star Wars, none of them can have zippers? I mean, that makes sense. None of them can have, like, zippers, buttons, buttons? Zippers, buttons. Buttons. (laughs) Zippers, buttons, or laces or something like that. Huh. So everything is covered. Like, every seam, hem is, like, covered. Lots of tunics. A lot of tunics, a lot of, like, patches and clips. I don't know. Huh. Interesting. 
Also, can we talk about that like mercy kill at the beginning? Yeah. Where he just like murders his friend because yeah. he's like, I'm not going to make it. And yeah. He's like, yeah, well, probably not. Goodbye. Yeah. Are you crazy? I'll never climb out of here on my arm. Come down. We'll be all right. It's kind of his weird Han Solo moment, but it's like a different coin. Like Han Solo would kill somebody because he's just he's got to get away. Cassian kills this guy because he he needs to protect the rebellion yeah. above all costs. He'll do anything. I'm surprised we've gotten this far without saying anything about Forrest Whitaker. I love him in this movie. <laughs> I hope you're being facetious. No, I think he is so funny in this movie. Gum. <laughs> Gum. Poor gullet. Poor gullet will know. I love Boar Gullet. There's there's like three new characters that Star Wars has introduced to me, and like Boar Gullet is one of them. He's supposed to be like Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now. That's sort of like the idea that he's this crazy general. He's not doing that though. <laughs> I love his little like oxygen mask. It's like, are you can you breathe or can you not breathe? It's just so many choices were made. And I don't know if I don't know if it's the curse of, of having a pretty green director on a movie with a guy yeah. who's gonna make some big leaps and yeah. he's just like, eh, okay, well, this is how you see it. It's a trap, isn't it? <laughs> what? The pilot! The message! All of it! Did they? Send you to kill me. Cutting his scenes together were like crazy. Like, I guess also he had like a completely different haircut in some of the reshoots or, or in the stuff that they had to reshoot. Like, I don't know. Because he's in the beginning, he's like a little crazy. In the beginning, he's bald. And then in the end, he has like a crazy haircut or in the beginning, he has a crazy. I don't know. There's like a lot of stuff where it's like, man, this movie needed a lot of help. But it got there. Yeah. Oh, it definitely got there. It made it. Yeah. I, I just like how they're like. Come with us. He's like, no, there's no place for me in the story. <laughs> Guys, there's nowhere me, else for me to you go. You should here. not take me with you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the the real tragedy of this is that the cast of this movie is so incredible and every single person dies. Yeah. But they have to because then it, it's, it opens up an entire question of like, why weren't they in any of the other movies? Yeah. It's like why if, if like Cassian and Jin cop on a shuttle and they get out. Mm-hmm. What are you going to say that they just like abandon the rebellion and they just go one hundred percent? Let's start a new trilogy and it's them <laughs> just running away to another planet. But if they did that, everyone would be like, "Oh, that's raised parents." Like they would, everyone would force that shit. Guys, no. I think we just figured something no, out. No, it's a terrible <laughs> idea. I love how they all die. I love how it's like really like it's really like a, a like a true to form war movie set in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. It's also just so – it's so beautiful in a way that no other Star Wars movie yeah. is. Even the, like, updates and all their lens flares, like – The score. Nothing is – nothing is presented to us. Like, the final image of them just sort of, like, embracing and knowing they're about to die is so lovely. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Boot. I hope you enjoyed our probably, maybe, who knows, our only foray into the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Never say never. If you like this podcast, please check out our future podcast. Please check out our past podcast. Please tell your friends. Please rate. Please subscribe. Kenna, where can the people find us? You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you do. You can find us on social media as one at the Boot Podcast on Twitter and at Boot Podcast on Instagram. You can find us individually because Brian is currently in a milk bath 
to soothe his burning flesh. It's the ba- it's the bat batka? Bantha. Batka tank. Bantha milk. No, ban- it? it's Bantha milk and it's the Batka tank. <laughs> no. Don't even oh. tell don't even tell me. At Flynn B and at Kinetrant. No, you're not allowed to say anything. Just end it. Alright guys, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye. Back to tank. Here's some money. Go see a Star Wars.